Hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I am your host, Sean Needham, along with my wonderful wife, Janet, and our producer, Lindsay. Today, we will be discussing um, exercise and how men and women vary during exercise and some of the different exercises men and women should do differently and think about. Um, we were originally going to have Spike Cohen on the show today. I was super, super excited about that. His campaign manager called me early this morning and said they're going to have to reschedule. He is busy on the campaign trail. Um, go to my personal Facebook page. Of course, if you're watching there now, you see that we're streaming live. We also stream live on YouTube. Um, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We are definitely growing our YouTube channel. And um, comment, subscribe, let us know other topics you might like to see. Um, on my Facebook page this morning, um, I posted a video of Spike that Spike Cohen and Joe Jorgensen, they are the presidential and vice presidential candidate for the Libertarian Party. They posted a video on my on um, their Facebook oh a couple weeks ago, maybe a few days ago. Anyway, I posted on my f- personal Facebook page, and it's talking about. Um, Healthcare in America, um, please go watch that video. It's like a three-minute video, and Spike Cohen and I, we speak the same language. Um, you know, government involvement in healthcare has really, really been what's messed up. So if you think that our healthcare system is messed up, then government can't fix it by getting more involved. The way government can fix it is by getting less involved and getting out of it. Um I, I talk about that in my book. Uh, my book is called Sickened, How the Government Ruined Healthcare and How to Fix It. There's a six-step solution in there. And you, the viewer, the listener, are in, educated and empowered to fix your own health care. And you are part of the solution. So go to um, Amazon Kindle. It's available on Amazon Kindle. Download my book. And the first caller today, the first caller that calls in today will get a free copy of my book. So call in 509 509- Five three seven zero four one one and get a free copy of my book, and we will uh, um, email you a copy, a Kindle copy. So, um, so anyway, we're going to reschedule for Spike Cohen, and I'm super excited for that. Um, do not miss this later this week on the thirteenth. We have Dr. Senator Scott Jensen. He is a doctor that's been in the news a lot lately. He's from Minnesota. He's been in the news since, oh, February or March, um, talking about COVID and talking about some of the numbers that have been trumped up, especially with the deaths. You know, he was kind of written off as, you know, maybe not being so factual. And now a lot of the facts are coming out and um, how hospitals were being incentivized by listing a a COVID diagnosis. He's going to be on my show um, Thursday, so do not miss out on that. It's going to be a quick half hour. We're going to try to talk about as much as we can. He's a really busy guy. Not only is he a senator in um, Minnesota, but he is still a practicing doctor, so he's a busy guy, and I appreciate him taking the taking the time to um, to be in our on our podcast. So let's go ahead and move into exercise and how men and women should. Um, you know, vary it a little bit, how it could be a little bit different. So it was actually a topic that Janet um, thought of today when um, we had a last-minute cancellation. So, Janet, I'm going to go ahead and let you start and talk about why men and women should um, exercise differently. Well, first I'm going to back up a little bit. It was our pharmacist, Rachel, that helped me today when we had the cancellation with um, our guest. But she brought up some good points that she probably has heard me talking about through the years that she, or the last year that she's worked with us, um, there are some big differences, I think, that men and women do have in exercise, and they're they're pretty straightforward. They're not um, on a sexist level. It's more general things that think uh, people should have that are common sense approach. Um, so one of the things that... Um, I, as a woman, looked at too very young in life. Um, weight training is is one of the issues that we were going to talk about today. Um, and why is it important for women to weight train? Well, men do it all the time for muscle mass, but uh, for women, I think our muscle mass is important, but I think we need to back up and look at why it's important for women to have stronger bones. Um, 
weight training and resistance training does add uh, to our skeletal system if it's done correctly. Um, we don't usually bulk up like a man does, partly because we don't have as much testosterone. Um, and that is the reason, too, that we do need to um, have resistant training is because we don't produce as much. A man has like a hundredfold more than we do. And as we age, of course, osteoporosis becomes uh, a factor that we need to prevent and be proactive about. Um, and that's a, a lifestyle um Thing that a lot of women can control to some extent. Um, obviously, we can't change our genetics, but we can take control of our activity. And um, a lot of times when we say weight training, we think we have to sign up for a gym membership. And that's just not the case. Um, so for women, uh, just one thing that, that comes to mind to help with uh, exercise is that we need to do multiple reps at lower weights versus what a, a guy would need. And also, um, as we're doing uh, resistance training, uh, the same thing applies. So hip exercises work really well with women. However, the problem with that is that they're explosive. Um, and so we want to keep that in mind too, that explosive exercise is probably not the first thing that we should learn. We should learn how to do lower reps at consistent time so we're not injuring ourselves but also get the benefit from that. Would you like to add something to that? Sure. Well, let's just elaborate on some of those things. Um, so when Janet said weight training, she also did say resistance training. Now realize this, that you don't have to lift weights necessarily to get resistance training. Body weight exercises are very very effective. In fact, 90% of the exercise that I do, the gym work that I do, um, is body weight exercise. So um, if I do add weight, I add light weight, uh, maybe up to a 30-pound kettlebell. Every once in a while, I'll do some heavy squats or something with some dumbbells or something or a heavy kettlebell. Um, but I don't add tons of weight. Now, What's important then is that everybody's goals are different. So what are your goals? Are your goals to build lean body mass? Are your goals to look good? Are your goals, goals to um, build um, you know, power? Um, all those are going to be different, and especially for men and women. Um, so traditionally, a lot of people just go to the gym to basically look good. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't vary up that doesn't mean that everybody's going to be the same. So that's why it's important to have to know what it to know what you should do personally depending on your goals. Now that's why I recommend a coach, a coach or a personal trainer. We've had a few of them on our show. If you want any recommendations, please let us know cuz those people can customize a workout for you. Um, I personally I always use my twin brother as a as an example. My twin brother is a bodybuilder/powerlifter. I'm a mountain bike racer. So totally, totally different goals. So when he goes to the gym, he lifts very heavy. Um, when I go to the gym, I don't lift very heavy because I'm just doing it to help me to be to, to have better performance on the bike. I'm not doing it to, to make myself necessarily um, look better or, 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 or lift a lot more. I'm doing it to get better performance on the bike. So let's realize that, that everybody's different and your, your exercises should, should change depending on that. Now let's also define HIT. Janet talked about HIT. Um, for those of you that don't know, HIT is high intensity interval training. So you exercise really, really hard for two minutes, and then you might have a 30 second break. And not necessarily a break, but maybe just a not quite as hard. Two minutes, then a break, two minutes, then a break. Um, and it, it can be very, very effective. So that, that is what HIT is. Um, also, there's, there's some other forms of it, and that's not HIT, but just some other names. Tabata, where you go really, really hard for 15 seconds, and then you, know, you have a one- or two-minute break. Those are, they, all, they all do about the same principle. Um, now, one thing we're going to talk about a little bit later is how do you know when you're going hard in HIT training? Because I've done HIT training, and I've also been with people that did the same um, interval training and they said it wasn't hard. Now, the reason it wasn't hard because they weren't going hard enough. So you have to have a way to monitor that. We're going to talk about heart rate monitoring a little bit later on in the program. So 
also Janet talked about genetics, that you can't change genetics. And that is so true. You cannot change your gen genetics. That is impossible. We are given what we've got, okay? But that doesn't mean that we have a death sentence. If you, you know, have gen you know, predisposition for cardiovascular disease, that doesn't mean that you should just not exercise. In fact, that probably means you should exercise more if you have that predisposition. There's a lot of genetic testing out there that shows, you know, um, links to cardiovascular disease de depend on your genetics. But we can change the way our genes are expressed. That is that is possible. We can't change genetics, but we can change the way our genes are expressed. So, so realize that, um, that you have control over your own genetics. That is, that is um, um, very true. So, Janet, you want to go ahead and hit on some of this? Yeah. So, um, I think one of, um, I kind of hit it on this a little bit earlier, that one of the reasons I think women avoid resistance and weight training is because we feel like we'll probably bulk up. And I already said that part of that is because we produce less testosterone, that that's not going to happen. But we also make more estrogen. Um, so that being said, our body needs to do some aerobic training to burn some of the fat that we're going to store. Um, we burn it very well um, because of just the genetics of the fact of uh, biology. We're going to reproduce and carry a baby and so storage of fat and having um, more fat to our makeup is, is um biologically part of it but also we have um, more what we call slow twitch muscle versus men they have fast twitch muscle so aerobic exercise is really important and if you're just looking for where do I start um, start just moving walking start swimming start doing something and then also reach out and start looking for like sean said coaches and in our community we have ladies um that are very skilled at what they uh do we have ladies that are able to help at all age levels whether they're in a gym or doing it from their home or um we have jazzercise um, and a lot of women are attracted to those types of exercise but just start moving i think that's the biggest thing is you know find your why why do you want to work out why is it important to you and make that really um part of, of that goal and realize that a lot of those personal trainers too um you know, especially in t with what's going on in the world right now, um, have moved a lot of their stuff to virtual, so online yeah. training. And it can be very, very affordable. Um, we've had guests on from New York that are personal trainers, from Las Vegas that are personal trainers. Please message us, um, comment in the field if you um, want us to um, refer a, a personal trainer to you because it's very, very affordable. And one of the things I like about it too is they personalize the workout for you and um, it it holds some accountability. It, it makes you accountable. At least I can speak for myself in that, is that I do have a coach, uh, a personal coach for my mountain bike racing, and it holds me accountable. Not only does he know what what I need as far as work goes, but as far as exercise and but as far as recovery too, he knows that kind of stuff too. So and he knows my schedule. Um, so, but it holds me accountable. I want to make sure that um, I'm accountable to to that, not just myself, because sometimes it's harder to be accountable to just yourself. So a coach can help you be accountable. Janet. So the next point I want to um, hit is that uh, women are more flexible than men, and that is partly. Again, just our physical makeup, how our body is, um, partly because of reproduction, but just how our hips are shaped and our body and our joints. Um, so men need to uh, look at being um, more um, focused on stretching and coordination. That's one thing I think men skip. Um, but don't forget this, women, because as we age, our coordination um, and equilibrium is less than when we were in our early 20s. So prevention of falling as we age is, is the point that I'm going after for both men and women because as you get into the elderly group, a fall can be very, very um, life-changing. So while we are still young in our 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s, let's make sure that our posture, let's make sure that our equilibrium and flexibility and coordination is not forgotten about. Because sometimes we just focus on, well, I got to exercise, but 
making sure that that exercise is properly done in the right form. And that, again, comes down to having somebody to guide you that's a professional. And it's not uneconomic in, in my mind because there's so many things out there. You can YouTube it. You can hire a coach. But just having the correct form of how to do your exercise to me is extremely important. Yeah, form is so important. And I, I will tell you, I think so many, there's a lot of programs out there that I think they they work too hard on going hard. And sometimes we forget that sometimes it's good to slow down and be slow and controlled and get good form. And I will tell you, you can get a good workout by being slow and controlled. I was one of the guys that before I hired a coach, I was all about going fast and how hard can I go and how fast can I get it done. And one of the things my coach taught me was slow and controlled movements. And they're very, very effective. Um, but you, like you say, it's got to be personalized. So Stability and flexibility for men are very is very important. It is for women too, of course. But as as we age with men, I think it's something we forget about because we're just thinking about strength and we're thinking about um, you know power. But um, stability and mobility is very very important. And when you think of especially when you think of functional movements. Um, that's really what's, you know, if you think about our day-to-day -day lives, you know, those things, stability, mobility, flexibility are really, really important when it comes to our day-to-day -day lives. Now, let's talk about resistance training and um, lean body mass. So realize this, we've got one shot at this life, okay? And it is just a fact, as we age, we are going to lose lean body mass. Um, why do I say that? Well, because the more lean body mass you can pack on, the earlier, the better. Um, because you're going to lose that eventually when you when um, you get older. As your hormone levels decline, your muscle mass is going to go down. So very, very important to put it on early. Why do I say that? It 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 um it hits. It's same thing with osteoporosis. You know, build our bones early. Um, why do I say that? Because it hits home in 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 my um, sport, you know, um, mountain bike racing, um, cycling. There are cyclists that are in their 20s that they have osteoporosis. They are men with osteoporosis. Why? Well, because mountain bike racers are usually pretty thin-framed. They're really lean. They don't have a lot of extra body ma uh, muscle mass, and they don't do a lot of gym work, and cycling is not a weight-bearing sport. It's one of about two sports I can think of. Cycling and swimming will not make your bones stronger. They are not weight-bearing sports. So that's why resistance training in both of those sports is so important. And not just for the bone mass, but for the many other benefits that resistance training gives. So Jenny, you want to hit on that at all? Yeah, I do. Um, Sean um, brought up a good point about um, swimming and uh cycling so they're wonderful uh, aerobic workouts and I would say women tend to lean towards that but there are other athletes like Sean said cyclists um, comes to mind but any sport or any um, exercise that you um, are consistently doing over time let's not forget to rotate some of that because um, one of the problems that we have is that we get stuck in a, a, and we don't um, change and if we look over time when I was growing up uh, kids played multiple sports especially um, throughout different seasons and now we're seeing more and more athletes at a young age playing only one sport consistently throughout the year and the reason I'm bringing that up is because we start seeing those repetitive injuries that start happening from just focusing on one um one type of sport. Um, so mixing it up and changing it and having some variety, I think, is important. And also coaches will help you with that. But keep in mind as you're young and as we're getting older that don't lock yourself into just one, one particular exercise day in and day out because you probably are going to set yourself up for some type of injury. I'll throw one out there, especially for young women um, that we see more and more, and you see it in soccer and even basketball, is that 
the way our hips are made and our pelvic bones are made with our posture is that it lends us to start having um, knees that can uh, collapse. And so then you see start seeing knee injuries happening um, without the right form and the right um, mixture of different types of, of exercises. Um, I know when I started looking at this today, you know, they started talking about how important it was to have the correct form, but also to build other muscle groups such as your quads and, and your glutes. But there again, that's where coaches come in handy. And if I was a parent today and I had um, a young girl playing a sport. I'm not saying that she shouldn't focus on that sport, but I would make sure that there's a variety of different activities that are mixed in there to balance that. Because if you're just playing soccer all year long, um, that can bring up just even in jumping and landing some injuries that you can be more prone to. Well, and not only that, but our body needs rest. That's why we have seasons in sports. That's why football season is different than basketball season is different than baseball season because each sport has a season because you can't play it year-round and be your best. You need a break from any kind of sport. And um, you will be a better athlete if you cross-train in multiple sports. There is no doubt in my mind I believe that. So um, even if you're going to focus on one sport, I think playing a variety, just like Janet says, is very, very important. So... Um, so if anybody has any questions about resistance training um, or about where to get started, you know, please give us a call, 509-537-0411. We'd appreciate, any, or, um, we'd appreciate a call in or have any, leave any comments on Facebook or YouTube, and we will get your questions answered. So I spoke earlier about um, how do you know if you're going hard enough? So this is where we're going to talk about heart rate monitoring. And although heart rate monitoring is not perfect, there's a lot of limitations. Um, you know, it is a tool, another tool in your toolbox to know how hard you might be going when you're exercising. So if anybody has any experience with heart rate monitoring, give me a call, please. We'd love to chat. 509-537-0411. So what is our heart, for one? Um, what is the goal of our heart? Well, the, the goal of the heart is to pump more blood to our bodies, period. And our blood has many different things in it, including nutrients. That includes glucose. Glucose is a fuel, is our main fuel for each, for each cell. Now, I know you keto people out there, you're going to, you know, you're gonna, there's going to be some haters out there um, that that's not true. We don't need glucose to live, but... And maybe you wouldn't say that because we do, but, um, you know, glucose is still the major fuel for our cells. So that's what our heart does do is plump glu pump glucose throughout our, throughout our bodies, nutrients, um, things to prevent infections, white blood cells, um, you know, and oxygen, you know, red blood cells, oxygen. Um, so the, why does our heart, why is it important to monitor our heart rate? Because as we start exercising, there's, two ways that are we can pump more blood and it's just it's just pure physics your heart rate can either go up and pump faster or you can have a more efficient pump and it'll pump harder so um, that's why when you see a, an athlete that has a low heart rate one of the reasons why is because that person has a really strong heart and it pumps it pumps more per per beat than um, the average heart. What is an average heart rate? Average heart rate varies from 75 to 85 for a grown um, man or woman. Um, there is some variance there, um, but there's also variance depending on not just age, but um, also your heart rate can vary due to many things. That's why it's just a tool. It's not a black and white way to monitor, to um, completely control your workouts. But so you guys have probably heard the term maybe of how to find out where you're working out in your in your zones and it's 220 minus your age should be your maximum heart rate. First of all, that's a guideline and a pretty weak one at best, but um um it, it is some place to start possibly. Um but it's not that great. So because a lot of times you would under underestimate what your maximum heart rate would be now first of all when we say maximum heart rate if anybody's ever had their heart rate up to near maximum 
it is very, very painful, and it hurts. And not only that, but maximum, true maximum heart rate is very, very dangerous. So um, I don't recommend trying to get there. So because it can be very, very dangerous, it hurts and, you know, could be very dangerous. So there's some other ways to check to how where you get to your maximum heart rate. Janet, do you want to talk about this at all? You've done this process before. Well, I think one of the first things that we need to look at, too, is um, what your goal is um, for exercise. That that Partly, if it's just to get in shape, um, I think you do need to find a place where you start um, burning fat um, if you're trying to lose weight. So that, that plays into it, too, as, as to what your goal is. Or if you're an athlete, obviously, you're going to shoot for other other uh, places. Um, but I think just for the average person, just getting into an aerobic workout, um, that's a helpful place to start, I think, for people. And there's lots of guidelines, too. And lots of um, coaches can help people with what um, they think that person should fit into. And of course, if you have any underlying health conditions, by all means, don't, don't go crazy and overboard to where you're hurting and uncomfortable. Listen to your body because it's telling you back down. Be careful, but find out where that range is. So add slowly over time, you know, make a goal. I'm going to go this far, and if I can't go, then try to go and do it again the next time. Um, so keep it in mind that these, these tools are helpful so you stay within a healthy range of what your exercise tolerance can be. Um, and then build on it. Um, build to where you can actually go, you know, if you're looking at, hey, I'm going to walk 30 minutes today or if I'm going to walk, you know, 45 minutes or how far. I mean, find, find some endpoint, but keep in mind that, um, you know, 20-year-old is going to go further or should go further than a 50-year-old um, if you're not in shape or if you're just starting. So, you know, let's keep, keep it balanced with where we are in our activity and, and what we are capable of doing. Well, and I like, I like heart rate just because it's kind of like a scale when you're losing weight. And, you know, it's not completely black and white. There's some days you're going to be up. There's some yeah. days you're going to be down. But at least it's a tool, and you can look at overall trends. Um, with heart rate monitoring, it's it's the same principle. You're just looking at trends, and you're looking at you know what you're doing during certain workouts. So there are different kinds of heart rate monitors. There's a wrist. There's one on the finger now. Um, there's chest straps. Um, my personal opinion is, um, and from experience, is that the chest strap ones work the best during exercise. Um, the cool thing now is we just have so much wonder te wonderful technology and so many different apps that can connect with heart rate monitors. A lot of them are Bluetooth now, so there's a chest, stra chest strap one that's a Bluetooth. Um, I prefer the Polar one. There are... There's a lot more than just that now. There's a lot of different options. They were one of the first ones I think of that I know of that kind of got into it that were Bluetooth enabled. Um, and they're just, they, they, they stay in place better. I think they read more accurately. And there's a lot of different apps that that Polar one will hook to, not just the Polar app. So um, we're actually, today we're doing a... A special thing on this podcast is that the first caller in today gets a free polar heart rate monitor. So if you call in today, 509-537-0411, you will receive a polar heart rate monitor. So um, please call in. Um, so Janet, what else do you want to say about exercise for men versus women? Uh, if you talked about aerobics a little bit. Maybe go into a little, that a little bit more. Well, I... I I feel like women are more likely to choose an aerobic workout and men are more likely to hit the gym. Um, and so the reason I touched on that is that for, for women, we need to do resistance training and weight training and not overlook it. And one of the areas that I think um, that I haven't talked about today is um, our upper body is not as strong as men. And, and that 
just being said, our legs are usually stronger. Um, and so we need to make sure that we're taking care of our upper body, where I think a guy is more likely to make sure that he's got stronger pecs and arms just from the weightlifting, and it's easier for them. But let's not overlook them, um, because that is an important place that I've even found in, in my own body working out is that usually my weakness is in my arms and my shoulder and my pecs, and that's just partly of how we're made. Well, and let's let's define aerobic versus anaerobic, I guess, because that's what we're really talking about. And um, aerobic means aerobic means with air. Anaerobic means without air, literally. And you could break that down to oxygen, actually. So aerobic exercises are something where you continuously have a good supply of oxygen. You never, your, your muscles never run out of oxygen. Now there's a lot of debate about this and you could debate with exercise physiologists all day long and you'd get, if you talk to 10 of them, you get 10 different answers. But that's per definition, the scientific definition, that's what that really means. So um, when we typically, what Janet's talking about when we talk about aerobic exercise is um, non-explosive stuff. So walking, jogging, even running, um, maybe jazzercise. And, and she was probably even talking about hit. Although honestly, when you start talking about upper levels of hit and upper levels of, um, like sprinting and, and even running, you're actually not aerobic anymore. You're anaerobic and your, your body is using a different method to, um, to produce energy because you've ran out of oxygen so you can't burn glucose as well anymore. But let's not get into the details of that. Let's just realize that just because you are in the gym doing resistance training does not mean it's not aerobic exercise. And I will tell you this. If if I, I recommended to – if somebody called me and they, and they said and – and I get this weekly. I, I talked to somebody last week. He says, I, I want to start working out. What's the best thing I can do? Honestly, I think the best thing you can do if you're going to start working out from ground zero is to um, do resistance, to do some kind of resistance training. Now, this guy just happened to be a bike rider also, so he wasn't starting from completely ground zero, um, but I wanted to make sure that he was – you know, I want to make sure I clarify that because some people, it might just be, you know, you need to start out by walking. It depends on the individual. That's why you need a coach because everybody needs personal training. But I think in general, everybody, if you're going to pick one thing to do, I would pick resistance training because there is so much benefit from it. Over walking, if, as long as you progress to that. If all you can do is start walking, fine. But um, progressive resistance training to build bone mass, to build lean body mass, and to build heart because it is aerobic. Let me give you an example. If anybody's ever heard of a kettlebell or swung a kettlebell, the kettlebell swing, we've got a great video on it. Um, we can put it in the show notes. Um, I think a kettlebell is the best tool that you can have for any home gym. You have one or two kettlebells, and you can do most anything you want because you can include it with body weight and the great thing about a, a kettlebell swing um, everything from a kettlebell swing kind of it elaborates it, it, it um, compounds on that swing so you have to learn the swing that's why it's important to know that uh, movement first but it, everything kind of goes from there but um, you know it 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 is a great way to um, build not only your lean body mass, but also your cardiovascular because it does get your heart rate up when you're doing kettlebell swings. So if there is one tool you had in a home gym, it's just a kettlebell. It's really that simple. Jen, do you have anything to comment on that? Well, I think one of the, the fallacies that we have about exercise is that it has to be complicated, and I don't think it is as complicated as we make it. But um, time, too, um, it doesn't have to be as lengthy as uh, a pro athlete but keep in mind that we do have to balance those things with time over, you know and adjust over time um, because what worked six months ago to to build on your exercise you might have to change it up and and make it different over time so you get benefits because you will kind of lose some of it as your body um, adjusts to the form of exercise that you're doing. Um, so we always have to be adjusting and rethinking. And I think um, 
men probably are better at this than women. A lot of times we lock into an exercise and we stay with it, which I'm not saying is wrong. It's just that we need to change it up um, a little bit over time. And a coach can help you with that as well as there's lots of information uh, on the internet now that we never had when Sean and I were younger and growing up. So there's a lot of tools that you can um, focus into. But when we talk about exercise, we can't forget about recovery and we can't forget about nutrition. And um, so another point I want to make out uh, to you folks today that's quite different for men and women is caloric needs. Um, Sean's caloric needs is much higher than mine. Even if we rode the same number of miles on our bike or did the same gym workout, that's just a fact. Um, and that might not always be true of all women or men, but for us it is. But I think for in general, women do seem to burn a little um, less calories than men. So in that case, we need to adjust for that. And the fastest place that we can keep track of that is, I think, our carbs. I, I, you know, know that we need carbs when we're doing endurance or if we're doing a long ride or if we're doing something like that. But in our day-to-day um, walk and our day-to-day livelihood, I think that's the first and easiest place for women to keep in check. And um, that tools that we have available today are just amazing. There's so many, there's fitness pal, there's so many health, um, tools that we can use. And, um, if you're exercising with a goal, you need to start tracking your calories. And, um, I would just challenge women to start looking at just carbs to start with and see where they are with that. Well, and speaking of carbs, I think one of the important things is, is let's, um, define carbs. I mean, I guess scientifically carbs is easy to define, but, you know, not our, all carbs are created equal. Now, right. for you keto people out there, um, don't shoot me. But um, that's completely true. First of all, we've talked about it many times over and over. I think part of the problem in our society today is that we eat so much processed foods. Yep. And the processed foods ha- usually are pretty hard, high in carbohydrates. So if we do focus on, you know, fruits, fruits are high carbs. There's no... Well, I mean, I guess that's all relative. I mean, some fruits are very high carbs, but some are lower carbs than others, have a lower glycemic index. And, um, you know, so, but it, it's different than eating a Twinkie, that's for sure. So realize that. And, and realize that most times we don't need carbohydrates to fuel our workouts unless they're longer. Now, if, if endurance athletes, I, I get that. In fact, you know, my coach was on our... Um, uh, our uh, podcast a few months ago, and he talked about this this thing how keto doesn't work for a lot of endurance athletes, and that's totally true. Endurance athletes, for you know, if you're doing a workout longer than an hour, especially an hour and a half or two hours, you know, you're going to be burning through your glycogen stores, and you're going to need to be eating carbs. But I think for most athletes, um, if we're just starting, or most people, if we're just starting exercise, um, I think. Learning what carbohydrates are and where they're coming from um, is is a good place to start. So anything that's really sweet is probably loaded with a lot of sugar. And so, um, you know, start reading labels. Start looking up how many calories and what serving sizes are because most people undercount their calories and don't really um, understand the sizes of servings. And so, um, an easy place to, to, to start with that is just look online or you can also get a scale. Our son bought himself a scale so he can weigh and, and look at, you know, what the true calories are or reading the back of some of the processed foods. Um, it, it's, it's just some place that we need to, to educate ourselves on. And for most sports, if you're not an endurance athlete, you don't need a lot of carbs. I, I mean, I'm even meaning, you know, most, um, powerlifters, bodybuilders, obviously they, they do not need a lot of carbs, at least when they're not, you know, they, they do some carb load at the end of their shows or when they're preparing for their shows and stuff. But, um, you know, CrossFitters, CrossFitters don't need a lot of carbs. Why? Because their workouts are pretty short. I mean, even though they do go intense, they're, you know, usually only intense for 15, 15 minutes. So you still have a lot of glycogen reserves, so you don't need carbs. And carbs, you know, they've just been shown that carbs can increase inflammation. Now, if you're burning them, great. But if you're not burning them, it can cause some problems. And then, of course, you know, ex- can be stored as extra calories and, and stored as fat. So Janet brought up a good point about, burning more calories um, during our workouts. 
me compared to her. There's a few reasons for that. And we talked about resistance training. Janet says you have to, you know, increase the weight as you go along. Well, let, let's let's just get more detailed about what that description is. That's called progressive resistance training. And I should have cleared that, that clarified that from the first of this program is that, you know, training needs to be progressive, whether you're riding a bike, whether you're, um, you know, lifting weights, it needs to be progressive, um, which means you need to keep adding weights or adding more reps, um, something to progress the workout, or you'll get stuck in a rut and you'll never, you'll never, um, you'll never progress. And that's usually not, not the goal. So um, the good thing is, is that, you know, if you're doing something, hopefully you won't regress. That that's what you really want to want to prevent, um, long term to prevent bad to prevent bad things to happen to your health. So, as you lift more, or as you ride harder, or as you ride your bike longer, or as your workouts increase, you do burn more calories. So, um, it is important to pay attention to that. And, you know, and we 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 talk so much about losing weight and and how important it is to you know, monitor your calories and not go over and stuff. But realize this, once you get down to a healthy weight, once you get down to um, a good weight, then it is important to make sure that you fuel your workouts. Our bodies need fuel. Our workouts need fuel. Your workouts will go better if you fuel them appropriately. So when you get down to a healthy weight, eat before your workout, eat during your workout, eat after your workout. Now, it depends on what kind of workout you're doing. But if you're doing long endurance type workouts, that's very important that you eat before, during, and after. Or you won't progress. It will be really, really hard because your body will, we call it bonk. It just won't have enough fuel anymore. And you won't get stronger. That's the problem. If you don't progress and you don't get stronger. Jenny, you wanna, um, um, you've had some experience with that. You want to expand on that? Yeah. So um, I totally agree with what he's saying because um, – at some point in time, as you increase your activity level, um, you can hit this place where you're just not improving or you just don't feel well. And part of that not feeling well is because you've depleted all your glucose from your body and it's struggling. So um, that can be very, very important. And it, it can also be like weekend warrior people. You know, you're going to go to um, do some weekend um activities and hiking, um, things like that, and you're adding to your um, exercise by doing a hike, let's say, um, be mindful of the fact that you're going to have an extra load of calories that you need to, to um, take care of because if you don't, you're not going to feel as good. Your activity isn't going to be as fun. If you're riding a bike, maybe you can't go as far or your energy level drops off right. and you just don't perform like you normally would. And I'm sure that can be equated to whether you're running, whether you're playing baseball, whether you're playing any kind of sport for over a long period of time. If you're just not ready for it, um, it doesn't it, it doesn't feel as good. And then your confidence bonks, too, um, because part of working out, I believe, and exercising not only is it just physically feeling better, it's also mentally and psychologically feeling better. And if you're not feeling yourself and you don't feel good, that experience is bad. And so then we don't like to go back to it because we have, you know, it's just like if you have fallen and hurt yourself during some form of exercise, you, know, you have to kind of overcome that. So, you know, making sure nutritionally that things are um, balanced, I believe not only physically but mentally is very important. So now we've talked about nutrition, we've talked about exercise, and you've heard it on our program a lot. There's really three things that we can do to to um, stay healthy, and that's exercise, that's eat, and sleep, okay? So let's talk about recovery. So recovery is the third one. You can call it sleep, um, but it's also important to, about recovery. It's not just It's not just when we sleep, but it's when we rest too. So we do not get stronger when we exercise, period. We do not. In fact, you could probably argue that we get weaker when we exercise. Well, we do get weaker when we exercise. Most exercises are anabolic, and some bodybuilders will, will argue that. But most all exercises is, I'm sorry, catabolic, not anabolic. It's just the nature of them. The only way we can progress our workouts is during recovery. That's how we get stronger is during recovery. So sleep is very, very important. It is so important. Think about this. We don't have to exercise to live. We could maybe not lead a very good life if you just sat around and played video games in front of a TV all day long. But you do not have to live. You don't have to exercise to live. We do have to eat to live. 
Okay, so I would say that eating is more important than exercise. If you want a healthy body, you should eat healthy. Um, and think about this. We will die without sleep before we'll die without food. Most of us as Americans um, have a lot, a lot of extra extra calories that we're carrying around. So most of us can live for three weeks without food and not have a problem. Probably most of us a lot longer than that. You're not that you would necessarily be healthy or that would be healthy for you. But um, my point is with sleep, most of us would die within three days if we didn't have, if we didn't have sleep. So sleep is very, very important. That's when we get stronger. That's when we recover. Janet, you want to talk about sleep? I do because um, today we're talking about some differences between men and women and women on average need about 20 to 30 minutes more of sleep. So that being said, part of it um, is just the differences of how um, we go through our sleep patterns and also how we process our um, daily activity. Um, women usually are multitaskers, not that there aren't men that are, because there are. Um, are you talking about me? <laughs> no. I'm pretty good at multitasking. <laughs> I'm talking Actually, about I'm not. personalities. Um, but that being said, everybody's different, whether we're male or female, and we need to find what works the best for us. So I, I realize that there are people that may need more sleep or less sleep, and that sleep or that recovery time is going to be different by activity levels. Obviously, uh, a teenage um, girl and a teenage boy is going to need probably um, more sleep just because they're growing. Um, if we look at children as they're growing, there's certain periods of time that their body physically needs that sleep to grow and for them to be healthy, whether it's their brain or their muscle or their bones. Um, but men and women do have variations. Um, typically there is about 20 minutes that women may need more than men. Um, but find what works the best for you. And if it's sleep, let's be honest. It's not just napping. It's, it's good sleep throughout your night, um, and healthy sleep. And somewhere along the line, we're going to have a show where we talk about good, um, sleep, um, patterns and, and that, but, um, if you're going to exercise, don't forget about recovery. Um, and that also means relaxing. That doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be out and take a long nap or just to clear your mind and not be moving for a while. And I think that's one thing in American lifestyle that women are very bad about doing. We don't want to sit down and um, relax. Yeah, and I'll save some of the details later when we do um, a special on sleep. But sleep is so, so important. So let's move on to, we talked about depletion a little bit earlier. Let's talk about depletion. And um, this month in our pharmacy, we are showcasing um, Coenzyme Q10. We're educating consumers about Coenzyme Q10 and the importance of Coenzyme Q10. Coenzyme Q10 is also known as ubiquinone. Why is it known as ubiquinone? Because it is everywhere. Okay, so um, very, very important um, nutrient. And one of the things as a pharmacist I like to talk mostly about um, coenzyme Q Q10 is how it is depleted in, with certain medications. So we've known for years that there's different medications that cause depletion of certain um, minerals, vitamins, or nutrients. You know, a, a per example is diuretics. We've known for years how certain water pills deplete potassium. Well, there's we, we've known now for 30-some years that statin drugs, so there's multiple ones, Mevacor, Olovastatin, um, Lipitor, Atoverstatin, Crestor. Uh, what am I missing, Janet? Um, I think some have been taken off the market, but could be. that's the main one. You know, yeah. but statins. It's a, it's statin medication. Zocor is another one. Simvastatin. Um, if someone has taken a statin medication for cholesterol, and of course, go back in and look at our, um, I've already referenced a few different podcasts, but you know, we're on over episode 60 now. Um, we talked about endurance athletes. Let's, um, a few months ago with my coach, if we can put that in the notes, um, today in the show notes, um, Jordan, that would be great. And also let's make sure that we put in the show notes, um, um, I talked about is cholesterol killing us. Um, put that in the show notes, please. Also, because that was a good, a good, 
um, podcast that we can, if you want more information on on um, statins and my and my opinions of statins. But if you are on a statin, realize that it can deplete coenzyme Q10. So this month at Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy, we are educating consumers that if they are on a statin, they should they should be taking coenzyme Q10. Um, some of the side effects of statins can be. Um, um, rhabdomyolysis, which is muscle pain, and um, coenzyme Q10 can help to remedy that. Um, some of the um, fatigue and some of the um, pain felt in the muscles. Janet, you want to hit on that a little bit? Yeah, I do because um, obviously with our uh, listeners, we're going to have a lot of patients out there, people out there that are taking statins, and it's just part of um, our society right now. And so if you are uh, coenzyme Q10 is available, but get it from a good source. Um, we personally like orthomolecular just because they stand behind their products. Um, but the reason it's really important is because our heart's a muscle. And so if you're exercising and your heart is not getting the nutrients it needs, it's not going to work as well. Your exercise level is not going to be good. You're going to feel tired and exhausted. So if you're on a statin and you're working out, you need to get coenzyme Q10, period, because you're already depleted by taking the statin. So if you're exercising, don't don't put yourself against a wall. You know, make sure that the nutrient is replaced so you feel better and you have better energy levels. Um, and like Sean said, we've known for years that certain medications will deplete our body of nutrients. And this is really important. If you're out there and, and you're on an exercise program and you feel like it's not happening, it could be just as simple as this one. So, yeah, if you need some more information, you know, call our pharmacy, Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy, 509-764-2314. Talk to one of our pharmacists. We can talk to you about Coenzyme Q10. And that about wraps up our show for this Monday. So um, please tune in Thursday uh, to to um, watch Dr. Senator Scott Jensen. Uh, we're going to be talking about some of the COVID stuff and his opinions on it. Um, I'm super excited to have him on. Super grateful that that he agreed to be on our on our podcast. So um, you've been listening to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. We will see you Thursday. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.